what is up everybody this is the neo vintage podcast i am jabrell and i'm here with hi guys my name is steve i hope you guys are doing well today now for y'all who have never heard the show understandably so because it's the first episode and who would have heard this show by now we are a platform agnostic podcast that talk about the newest happenings in video gaming by platform agnostic we means that we like all consoles so we're not really fanboys in any direction. We have our preferences. He definitely has a preference for PlayStation. I'm kind of all over the place. I like a yeah. little bit of Xbox. I like a little bit of Nintendo. I like a little bit of everything. But we just talk, talk about the biggest stories of the week. And then we have a loose topic at the end of different topics that we choose uh, to talk about for that. So, first off, what have you been playing? So, I've been playing mainly kind of three main games I've been playing. Okay. Uh, a little bit everywhere. So, I've been playing the Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind DLC. Okay. <sighs> That's, where I, I'll, that's <laughs> yeah. where I leave that. Okay. Gameplay, if you're looking for more gameplay-wise for Kingdom Hearts, it's there. If you're looking for anything else besides that, look elsewhere. Okay. Besides that, we'll be playing a Wii U game I have actually never... Well, it's on Switch now. Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Sharp FE, Encore. Okay. I really like it. Really? I really okay. like it. I'm surprised. It's super... Per, it's more Persona than anything. Okay. It's like Persona and like pop style, so it's actually really well. It's a really, really well JRPG, okay. which I was surprised on. And besides that, I've been just kind of slowly getting through Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Great game. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that I missed like kind of the hype train when everyone was talking about it playing it, but I really like it, and I'm kind of just taking my time with it. Yeah, and we got a topic about that later, so mm-hmm. we can get into that. Uh, I've been playing, first off, Pokemon. I'm on the latter half of it right now. I just got the eighth gym badge. Just Okay. I, wouldn't say, I would say no spoilers, but the franchise has had the same format for yeah. the last 20-something years. Uh, but yeah, I just got all the gym badges and I'm headed towards a champion now and I know there's like a great deal of like stuff to get to that town so I'm kind of working my way down there. Now, really enjoy it. Uh, I would say it doesn't do too much to reinvent the franchise and every game seems to have that gimmick. You know, sometimes they have the, not this one's Dynamaxing and they always have these different mechanics that they add to freshen yeah, things up. Yeah, evolutions. I don't really care about the <laughs> Dynamaxing. I don't really care for it. I know when I go to do uh gym battle and all of a sudden they're big and i'm just like oh god okay here we go but uh i've been enjoying that on the latter half of that a lot of switch lately also playing coffee talk i actually got a video coming for that i wanted to play a little bit more of the game because it ends up being a little bit more dense than i thought it was going to be but i'm really really enjoying it uh the best way i could describe it is kind of like the game valhalla except that's way more cyberpunk this one's more of a lo-fi coffee aesthetic a little bit of hip-hop a little bit of indie folk and I'm uh, really, really enjoying it. It's kind of like a talking simulator, and it has the barista stuff where you make people drinks. You could do latte art. It's really fun as somebody who's a bit of a co- coffee connoisseur myself. <laughs> so really enjoying that. And then the third one's kind of a weird one. I randomly had the impulse, I want to play KOTOR. It's weird. I started wow. playing... Yeah, I've been playing a lot of KOTOR lately. I'm a couple hours in. And then randomly, I bump into the story where it's like, oh, they might be making a new the KOTOR. Rumors. And I'm like, there yeah, is the, no way. The there is no way. It's like the best timing ever. Mm-hmm. I, I've just been getting really into Star Wars lately, and I've been rewatching all the movies. I started watching the Clone Wars television show, and so I was like, I kind of want to jump in and get a lot of lore, and what gets more lore-heavy than the KOTOR games? And I didn't have an Xbox growing up, so mm. this is kind of my first time getting through it. Really enjoy it. It's crazy how much Mass Effect you see in that. It's crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of early like Mass Effect stuff in there. Uh, early Bioware game, obviously, Obsidian did the second one. They did, yeah. And so you see where... I, they, they did Dragon Age, didn't they? Bioware so. did. Yeah, yes, Bioware. Bioware. Yeah. Yes. So you see a little bit of Dragon Age in there. You see a little bit of Mass Effect in there. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Is it super clunky to play? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the battle mechanics are yeah. nuts. And you yeah. could see, like, they were trying to take 
stuff that was popular on PC with like the real time action and bring that into like an action game on the original Xbox. I see what they're trying to do there. Uh, really enjoy it though. I like I like the characters. I like how deep lore it is. The dialogue is a little nuts and kind of cringeworthy, but I get a lot of uh, real fun times out of it, and I get why it's established such a big fan, uh, fan base. So. Into the main topics. Introduce the first story. So the first story comes via writer Andrew Smith, and it's possibly rumored, almost kind of confirmed. Wonderful 101, the original, it was originally a Wii U game yep. by Platinum Games, exclusive to Wii U, and it's apparently coming to Kickstarter so that it can be ported, so they can have the funds to port it to yeah. PS4 and Switch. Which is it's it's thrown off. It's strange, mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really strange. Like, I think they, were, they originally comes from uh, Game Explain, who pretty much shared their video theorizing that it should be kickstarted. The Kickstarter page is up for Platinum Games yep. that didn't exist before. They didn't have it for any other reason. And then, pretty much, I mean, another uh, you know internet personality, did you know gaming or uh, what's his real name, Liam Robinson? Robinson, Robinson. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. keep missing it. Uh, a big fan of his. Okay. Pretty much came out and was confirming. He's like, yeah, apparently it's gonna be. They're gonna announce it very soon. They want to have a trailer. It is a little strange because it's. I mean, it's it's aiming for those, for them to publish it on their own to other consoles, which is great. But they did just receive, or they, you know, I don't. Again, I forget the exact technical of it. But didn't they just receive a? Didn't yeah, an investment. An investment, yeah. or they purchased this. So you f- think that meant. Going elsewhere again, it's weird because I'm sure there's like some licensing issues with Nintendo. Yeah. The same reason why like Bayonetta two and three will never. Well, I can't say never, but for, for the time foreseeable being, future yeah. won't be coming out elsewhere. Um, because that'd be crazy if they would want to kickstart every time. So it's a very strange story. Uh, I'm not sure. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'm kind of mixed feelings about like major corporations kickstarting stuff. I. We dealt with the Mighty Number no. Nine thing. That was its own thing. Bloodstained happened. That's cool because Igarashi couldn't get Konami to okay a new Castlevania thing. He fell out with them, so he kickstarted that. We've seen bigger corporations like like uh, I believe Trigger Animation, an uh, anime studio. They they've crowdfunded stuff on there. So it's not the first major company to hop on a Kickstarter and try to make something on their own without big backing on there. But at the same time, they're not an indie dev in any former fashion they just received a sizable investment from tencent who if you're not a bit aware of who they are is just a massive chinese conglomeration that have been investing into everybody they they own part of what epic and riot and they're right blue lizard yeah they're everywhere they're everywhere and so i was under the understanding okay they threw a whole bunch of money at them so they they're funded they're good to go with whatever they need to do and then they're basically seemingly gonna launch a kickstarter now as of right now this is rumored so uh, maybe by the time this episode's up, we might have the answer to this. Whether this is legit or not, what is this exactly for? I I don't know, and I'm I'm curious to see if that this actually materializes into something, and if they get the go ahead to even put it on Switch or or not. So I'm surprised it just didn't get a Switch port off the yeah rip because Bay- Bayonetta two, which was you know a platinum game, yep. exclusive to Wii U got a port right over i mean one and two got a port right over to switch and i know nintendo has more stake in that and because of them is why those games exist but I mean, they have a sequel another you know the third one in the yeah. trilogy coming out so it's just strange that you think with the you know you think they did we're working so close together that they'd be like yeah well, of course we'll bring your underwhelming and i never really heard much i remember seeing like the ign review yeah when i came out when yeah. it first came out and i never got around to purchasing it because it was stranded on wii u 
And it's just strange that the rumor is that they had pitched it to Nintendo and Nintendo wasn't interested, which sounds nuts to me because Nintendo's bent over backwards to port literally everything off Wii U of relevance to the Switch. So Wonderful 101 is one of the more prominent titles on the Wii U, and that's not hard to do. There wasn't a, a ton yeah. of games, yeah. especially once you remove the first party out of there. Third-party prominent games, Wonderful 101, uh, you get No More Heroes, you get uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Like, There's only a couple. So hearing Nintendo not interested in that when they've literally brought over everything else from the Wii U, that surprised me. So that 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 we'll see ultimately how this yeah, plays out. for sure. And I would imagine we're going to hear about it sooner rather than later. I'm expecting in the next week. They say rumor was Monday. So they're saying Monday, February 3rd. Okay. So So as of filming this, that's tomorrow. So we'll see. Yep. All right. Uh, The second story we have is no Switch model. This is uh, from Sean Keane at CNET. And what they said is Nintendo boss Shintaro Furukawa told investors that the company has no plans to receive to release another version of a hybrid console this year. Now, this is fresh off of months and months and months of rumors on all different types of forums that there is a Switch Pro model incoming uh, to kind of play off of. They got the Switch Lite as a, like a lower-end skew. You got the regular Switch that maybe will be phased out at some point, but as of right now, it remains a very active part of the Switch ecosystem. And then a Switch Pro model to keep up with like newer consoles, maybe native 1080p, I would imagine being a little bit more expensive because whatever graphics chip they're going to use on there is probably not the cheapest in the world. I'm not a tech expert, Mm. but it seems like in a kind of a stockholder shareholder meeting, they said as of right now, there is no plans, but we have to keep in mind that they said the same thing about the light. And here we go. I, I don't, I, I take Nintendo's statements with like a grain of salt kind of because you have to you you have have to to. read it very specifically Mm -hmm. it's like we have no plans to release it in what in this fiscal year maybe but then they find a loophole and then it comes out in a couple months so we could i wouldn't say that this definitively kills it it might kill it in the next few months but i wouldn't be surprised if like holiday this year or maybe the next fiscal year they got something lined up and then they haven't they announce it that way so yeah, for sure. You gotta remember, this is the same company that made a DS, yeah. DS Lite, yep. DSi, yep. DSi XL, and then they switched to a 3DS, which is, you know, yes, it is the sequel to DS, but then you have 3DS, 3DS XL, new, new 3DS, 3DS yeah. new 3D XL, new 2DS, and new 2DS. I mean, they, that's what a they million, do. A million, yeah. And, you know, the Switch is running. This is now, the, what, the fourth year? Our, yeah, 2017. Our, so, we're, you know, we're on, you know, the hard, you know, this day and age, you know, you replace your phone every year. You know, the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X sold really well. So you think Nintendo would be like, well, people want a stronger yeah. Switch. I thought 2020 would be a good year for for them to do it, which is why I've been avoiding getting a Switch Lite or getting the new, you know, red box improved yeah. model Switch. Because you think, well, in this year when you're getting the Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5, you'd want to be able to say, well, we got a new thing too. Yeah, absolutely. Because for sure people are going to, buy a new switch they announced a switch pro i'm gonna buy a switch pro oh yeah for sure i want better day battery one. life day one you know they don't have to get into too many specs but like better battery better screen maybe fix the joy cons i have a lot of problems with joy cons and you sold me you just sold me right there the only reason i think of switch light is because we were getting the pro i don't know maybe if this comes from maybe the switch light maybe not selling what they wanted it to yeah maybe so they're trying to get people who are all saying that because the rumor was even before the switch light is like they're making two more versions yeah a handheld specific version which makes sense and then a pro version that would do better docked and 
I'm kind of mixed on it because the thing is like if there's one group that they're not gonna straight up blatantly lie to it's their shareholders so I gotta take that with some degree of stock because this is not some random person on Twitter being like hey where's the new Switch model and they're like we have nothing to announce at this moment they're their robot response to yeah, everything yeah, uh, th- this is their stockholders so I mean it's worth at least taking somewhat seriously but at some point they have to re-examine their strategy the next gen is incoming and we're gonna talk later about uh, that in the show it's, it's incoming in some capacity so they need to keep up in some degree because if they want they're gonna have their first party games and that's beautiful and they'll they'll have their zeldas and their marios and, and maybe arms too <laughs> who knows what they'll have on it and the next platoon but if they want any kind of third party support they have to be there ready not, not day one but at some capacity to bring over something because when new consoles are going towards more 4K common across the board. They say 8K, but that's besides video streaming. I there's no way they run that natively. But 60 FPS standard. Mm-hmm. This 540 720p 30 frames per second thing is going to be a harder sell. And I know for some people that's super normal. Now I don't have a 4K TV. It's no big deal. But I mean, at one point they said, "Oh, HD 720p. I don't have a HD flat screen TV. It's not relevant." So it's it's just a, a matter of time. You kind of have to future think and future proof yourself. And I think if they want to remain competitive, they have to make it a developer friendly ecosystem and have hardware that can keep up to be ported. Because how are you going to have a 4K SKU and then a 720 SKU mm-hmm. for the same game? You're going to run into issues. Like, but hey, you you got to give like developers like Bethesda credit. Doom Eternal is coming there day one. It is day one, and now, that's going to be demanding. How, how is that going to look? I mean. Have you seen Doom? Yeah. On Switch? <laughs> a lot of concessions. A lot of concessions. Yeah. Uh, the Witcher. Well, I know The Witcher's kind of a, a hit in there because The Witcher is an older game. But that's that's a game that pushed, like, that's launch, yeah, launch yeah. models of, like, Xbox Ones and PlayStation 4s. Like, if you had a base one, like, yeah. it turned your, your, your system into, a, you know, an engine because that thing was running crazy. So when you think, like, when well, I there's see... There's still a lot popping now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's still a lot popping now, um... And I have a pretty strong PC, and it does it on some of those those cutscenes. Yeah. You know, it's depending on what settings you have it on. So when you look at something, Doom Eternal is the big one that's going to really decide because I've seen what it looks like on, you know, through preview events and stuff like that, Xbox and PC, and what it looks like yeah. there. I, I'm so curious to see what it's going to look like on Switch. And what, I think that's going to be the deciding factor. Like, third parties are going to look and they're like, well, that game looks like that. I mean, they remastered assassin's creed 3 and if that is terrible it runs some people stand by it but it runs terrible on yeah, switch and that's sure. a 2011 game i believe or yeah. something or that's maybe. current and last gen stuff so yeah. for that not to be able to run well is just surprising i just wonder when you got halo infinite coming out you got last of us 2 you got ghost of tsushima and then all the next gen stuff you got you got godfall you got uh ubisoft's slate of stuff you're gonna have what i would imagine horizon Zero Dawn 2, whatever that comes out. You're going to have these games that are really pushing the envelope. Nintendo has... And you don't want Nintendo only in the position where they only have the first party stuff. Because that's a lot of people who defend Nintendo, that's what they say. They say, oh, well, they got got Zelda, they got Mario. They can hold their own with just their first party. And the indie scene, that's great too. But we've seen that in them in that position before. And you never... A healthy ecosystem is having everything. Having your first party, having your second party. Maybe having a little... uh, third-party support too you have the indie scene you 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 want the full ecosystem there 
you don't ever want to be super front loaded with just your your main IP because then you run into the same issue that Xbox is struggling with now and you run into the same issue that Nintendo struggled with with the Wii U years where you just lack that support of having other people bring in their stuff there. So I'm curious to see what the future of Nintendo holds. Yeah. I, I hope for the best of them and I think they're smart enough to figure something out. They're going to figure something out. Give us a pro. I think it's yeah. just, I think they know we want it again. Just give us a pro. Give us yeah. a stronger version. I'll buy another Switch. It's just the issue. A stronger Switch, a lot of times, means a worse battery life. So how they're going to juggle that remains to be seen. That's true. I wish the best for that's, them. That's also true. So next on the news list. Actually, quick mentioning that uh, there is a new Animal Crossing Switch yes. bundle. Beautiful. It's a nice mint color. I like Gorgeous. the little design on the back. So I still have Amazon. I'm waiting on Amazon to put that. Oh yeah, up they put that up. So I can pre-order. It's I'm there. Pre-order. Whether it comes to my house and I don't cancel it beforehand remains to be seen. But I'm pre-ordering. We'll see. That. Yeah, will I buy? I don't know. Yeah. But I think I want at least the Joy Cons. I don't know if I necessarily need the, the whole dock setup, but I want at least the Joy Cons. Yeah, I wish they would just sell the Joy Cons. I'm sure really... in some capacity they'll probably go up for sale. Yeah, probably but you always way have after. to import them from like Japan, That's and, true. and then it becomes a, a sketch Amazon dealer. Yeah. <laughs> So everyone's favorite, you know, dead horse that they like to get beaten is the lack of Stadia releases. Yes. Now this was a statement I believe came from uh, the James O'Connor, who had an interview. It says Google has previously said that there are 120 games coming to Stadia in 2020, including at least 10 exclusives in the first half of the year, and it's a statement that they say they won't be announcing all of them directly. Of course, not all 120 titles will be announced by Stadia team. The statement reads, as we leave it up to publishers to make the announcement and their IP games, etc. So Stadia is, it's trucking along. And, um, <laughs> doing something. It's, it's doing something. When they 120 games coming to Stadia in 2020, sounds like a lot. But you have to realize that some of those are going to be ports. Oh, 100%. You know, they, they keep saying like, oh, this game's coming. I'm like, well, you know, when they announce Final Fantasy 15 is coming. I've already played Final Fantasy 15. I also even played the chibi version on on iPhone and, and, and yeah. Switch. So, like, I understand they're still getting these older games. There's no way to incorporate though. I don't want to buy Final Fantasy 15 again. I don't want to buy Tomb Raider, especially when I know it is, it's announced that it's leaving Game Pass, but it's on Game Pass, or, you know, I can get it on a Steam sale for $5. Why would I pay $45, $50, $60 yeah. to stream it? It's just, it's a hit and miss. And, you know, the... the they kind of just talk in circles a lot, like all oh, ten exclusives, is it timed exclusives, because it's. I think that I think still there's only one exclusive to to Google Stadia, and it's and it's a small indie game. I forget. It's yeah, like a, it's like a like small kinda, game. Like a small horror game. Yeah. I just don't understand. Again, Stadia is just it's like everyone's always said it's a half baked idea. Oh, when yeah. next next systems come out, I mean even the Xbox Project Cloud that's in beta now, like some yeah. people have it already. Better. You've yeah. already dabbled into it. I Love mean, it. Yeah. I've seen like people stream like Destiny Two through that stuff, and then I've seen people do like Destiny Two. I don't know if it's on Stadia, but I saw someone's. I think it is. Yeah. I think it's on Stadia, and it's it, it's it, a game it's like that. It's too yeah. twitchy, and you need too too much of a precise. Again, Stadia is just in a bad spot. Bad spot. And and my, I have actually I take issue with this statement because it seems like they're kind of pawning it off on the publishers, when it's like it's up to you guys to figure this all out. It's your platform. So when you guys, it's like, yeah, it's, it's up to the publishers to decide when they're going to put games on our platform. It's like, it's up to you guys to make the proposition better for them to want to put their games on there. Yeah. And the fact that this launch didn't come coupled with some kind of uh, subscription service, so you don't have to pay for a whole bunch of old games out of pocket. Newsflash, yeah, I'm not buying Final Fantasy 15 for the third time, full-priced, to stream it. 
Yeah, you yeah. won't own it. You can't play it offline. I, it's not an interesting proposition. It's just a terrible idea, and people crapped all over Stadia, so I'm not going to reiterate anything that, that that's already been statement uh, stated, but they need to figure out something. And 120 new games, that's cute, but and it sounds like a lot until you compare it to other platforms. We're like, how many yeah, Switch games yeah, exist? Exactly. How many PlayStation Look games come PlayStation, out? PlayStation, you know, what the PlayStation, you know, announces every week, yeah. what's coming to PlayStation, and there's like 30 games. Is it 120 new games? Is it 120 exclusives? Or is are you getting a Stadia port of Super Meat Boy? Like, like yeah, what are you talking You know, it's just like, yeah. oh, we're going to get Castle Crashers re-re-remastered yeah. again. You know, or, or you know, you got to expect like oh, 120 games. RE2, Resident Evil 2 will probably be on there. Probably. Resident Evil 3 probably won't be on there at launch. No. I don't think it's announced. You gotta think. I didn't see the Stadia logo. I didn't see the Stadia logo. You know, it's just so it's in a weird. It's just again, blaming the developers kind of thing. I don't like that. You know, it's the same thing when the games weren't running at 4K. They're like, the game can't run at 4K. They're like, that's the developer. And I'm sure there's a lot of talk and science behind the scenes on who does what, who does, who's responsible for what. As a consumer, that's not what we need to see. We need to be able to purchase our game. I mean, for the same price, if I was playing Borderlands on PC and or if I was streaming on Stadia the Stadia launched with Borderlands not launched but Borderlands 3 when it came to Stadia came without like most of the patches like problems that were solved in early October November yeah it's old whenever, build, yeah. you know they have an old build so why would I pay for almost the same price a lesser version of that this just makes no sense to and me. to avoid going on a long Google tangent which I have done on my private time <laughs> many times what I'll say is my main issue with Stadia existed before stadia was launched i don't trust google with these initiatives there's an entire website dedicated to various <laughs> projects and ideas that google has launched and scrapped and given up on and so we've seen this time and time and time again i have yet to be sold on stadia and for me time will tell give me a couple yeah. of, I, i'll wait a year or two i'm gonna give them a shot let, let me see what you got so I want to see what games end up on there. But as of right now, I see zero reason to invest in this ecosystem. Yeah. We already see existing entities like Microsoft tackling the streaming thing and already surpassing it, in my opinion. I have the little phone mount with the controller, and I was playing that. And it's essentially a streaming Xbox Switch. And th- yeah. what more could I want? I mean, I, you, can stream, you can now sync your Xbox One. For sure. Yeah, and placed and you and your DualShock Four to your phones, and you can assume the new, you know, handheld and the new controllers will as well. So it's just, you know, who's this? For? You know, and again, I know we're already on a tangent. We're saying we're not going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, why is it the only people that we see like enjoy Stadia are people that were kind of given it? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's like paid to review or whatever it is, but like the most people. There's one YouTuber specifically. I'm not gonna mention names, not to anything. That she only keeps talking about how good it is, but she was also given it yeah you didn't put no money and into she it, so. lives like you know in an area that has super crazy wi-fi and she's the anomaly like oh yeah. they're like oh it's for people like that well people like that don't have internet like, like you know exactly people aren't like that everywhere you know we can't stream we can't stream it yeah give me the option to download and you would be having a different conversation yeah like if you don't live in la or tokyo this basically doesn't yeah, work for you exactly. so all right the next story is an update on an older story that we heard about uh it's tariffs will not be impacting consoles uh so basically the way i can describe this is the united states and china have like kind of agreed on a new trade agreement now the, a couple months back there was a lot of concern because with this new launch uh if you don't know consoles are pretty much produced and made all the parts come from china so if there was kind of like tariffs 
on imports into the United States that would dramatically rise the price of consoles. But it seems like there was a bit of a trade agreement that they kind of figured out. So that's not going to be the case. Now, newsflash for y'all that don't know, uh, these new consoles are going to be expensive as hell to begin with. So don't yeah. expect like, oh, cool, with this. so it, it's going to be cheap. No, no, it's going to be as expensive as hell. These are yeah. still super expensive parts, but we're not going to be looking at $1,500 consoles at least. So Yeah, that's what you're thinking again. And I know that people are like, oh, at a certain point, just make a PC. And, and it's fine. I have a PC, but the convenience of a console is easy. So again, yeah, people, again, there's no stake, but, you know, the numbers are pretty much everyone saying, oh, it's going to launch at 500 Probably, yeah. You know, and that sounds about right. I could see more. I don't see less. I mean, if they came out and said Xbox Series, you know, X is going to be $400. I just don't see a world. The Xbox One launched yeah. at 500 Yeah, there's no way. You know, and we'll get more into that yeah, with the next-gen discussion. We'll, we'll, but. See, we'll see where it comes from. So, to end off, we have, well, two EA, EA updates. So, yep. I'll, I'll take the first one. In a call with investors on Thursday, Chief Financial Officer Blake... Jorgensen? Jorgensen. Jorgensen I don't know. said EA, ex- EA expected Jedi, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order to sell 6 to 8 million copies by March 31st, the end of EA's fiscal, uh, fiscal year. Yep. Now they're pretty much saying the game sold a lot more, and they're expecting to hit 10 million units, which is it's bold of them. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, the game is good, and I think that's what got around is people... You yeah, remember, you know, they launched it at a good time. You know, Rise of Skywalker was in theaters. People yep. were on this thing. A respawn magic, Res- too. You know, yeah. the respawn people were... You know, you had a lot of respawn, not fanboys, but people really liking uh, Apex Legends. Uh-huh. So they're like, oh, this is the next game by then. Completely different game. You know, these are the guys who made Titan, you know, Titanfall, Titanfall 2. I didn't think they could kind of nail this. I'm glad they did. I I'm purchased surprised, them. Yeah. I gave them, you know, I was like, yo, you guys did good. Here's my money got the game and it's really good and it stands you know because ea was those big guys who were saying you know single player games are dying that yeah cool they came it and slapped in the face with and you know times passed they know where where money stands and what what to do they're not dumb so when everyone's trying to burn down ea and all these other companies here is like you know ea you know did give respawn the chance the chance to do it and you know we'll probably see a sequel from them especially at these numbers I don't think they're going to hit 10 million units because I think the game sold is what it sold. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to have a super long tail. Yeah, I don't. There's no real reason. There's not like a DLC coming out. There's not a season pass. I don't even think the case says it. I think this game is what it's supposed to be a nice little contained story. 20 hour yep. contained story. We probably will see a sequel. Oh, worth it? Yeah, yeah we're seeing a sequel. You know, <laughs> with EA, yeah, we're going to see a sequel. But way later down, hopefully, when you know they have the time to really just knock it out again yeah i mean i really enjoyed this game and i'm kind of mixed on it uh as a respawn fan i'm super glad that it came out as well as it is and i'm happy to you know uh patron this Mm -hmm. game i really really enjoyed it had a great time with it and uh it's a solid experience at the same time obviously i have my issues with ea uh but they do say to speak with your wallet and i definitely did not and i bought this game (laughs) and um yeah, if there's one entity in gaming that goes where the money is, it's EA, and they'll pivot on a you know a moment's notice. They they see this paying dividends for them, so oh yeah, we're definitely getting more of this, and uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that if this one doesn't have the tail that they would like with these projections, and it doesn't meet that. You best believe it's definitely getting a sequel, and that sequel is definitely going to have DLC and microtransactions to hell. And not to get into that whole discussion, but uh, 100% the sequel is going to have that because Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, you guys like this? Okay, we're going to get more money out of you. 
And on a corporate level, I understand it, but on a kind of consumer-focused level, I have my issues with it. So I guess, I mean, only time will tell. We'll see. Yeah, really, and EA's in that spot where you just, you got to watch them. You just yeah, have to watch Keep EA. an eye on them. You know, support what you want to support and don't support what you don't want to support. Yeah, 100%. And uh, for the second half of that, we got uh, Zarmina Khan, the writer for this. In a recent earnings call following the uh, publication of its financial report, Chief Operating Officer and Chief Financial Officer Blake Jorgensen revealed that EA is already doing things that will, quote-unquote, blow people's minds. I don't want to get ahead of our great uh, partners at Microsoft and Sony, but you should assume the, uh, that the power of these consoles is going to be a lot better than the power of existing consoles. Yeah, no shit. Um, which means a real simple thing. We can do a lot more, said Jorgensen. And so you will start to see things over the next couple of years that we're, that we're doing with games that will blow people's minds. And the fun part of, of this business, because we're going to see so much innovation, not just with us, but across the whole industry. So it's kind of like a statement, non-statement. He's not saying too much, but this is kind of leading ourselves into the expectations for next generation uh, conversation that we'd like to get into. So it seems like EA is obviously privy to what they're doing next gen. I'm curious to see what that entails. So what are your main expectations for this next gen? So, again, yeah, that was an issue with this. They're so generic. I understand they don't want to step on Microsoft and Sony because they don't yeah. want to burn that bridge yeah. or break any. You know, it's easy to be like, oh, I want more powerful. You know, the, the no, you know, the real thing that both been Microsoft and Sony have kind of been tongue-in-cheek saying is, like, the loading times. I know we had that weird, like, display they did with Spider-Man, which yeah. loaded instantly instead of showing the train scene, which I thought was a fast loading in general. Eliminating the loading screens is fine. I want just a smoother game. I, I understand it's like easier to say that as a consumer just be like, I just want my I want a better yeah. game. And it's not that I want a better game. I want a better experience. You know, with all this technology and all this stuff, I want like the AI to be just a little bit better. That's what's one thing I give to like Naughty Dog did a lot, and I can you know only hope that in Last of Us Two they double down on it, where they kind of interact better. Like an issue in, in Last of Us One. You know, when Ellie's kind of running around, like, people don't see her. Yeah. They just don't see her, so she's kind of go. I don't want, again, it looks like you're playing a lot solo in The Last of Us 2, so I want that kind of stuff. More realistic. I just AI, wanted yeah. that more realistic eye. When it fits, obviously, a game like The Last of Us, the game, you gotta assume the Horizon sequel. I want it to be a living thing that we get to experience. And, you know, obviously, the no load times is great. Steady frame rate, especially, you know, recently yep. I've been playing older games on, like, the PlayStation 3 and stuff. The frame rates are terrible. You know, obviously, of course, I want a better-looking game. But I don't... I want more, also, just artistic power to developers. Yep. Because I want... Like, things can look... I think things are... We're at a point where, like, things look fantastic. But give me different experiences yep. now. Like, I get you have the hardware, you have the stuff... Graphics can be what it is. I don't care what the game looks like if it runs bad and if it's boring and if it's not fun. You got to remember these games are about fun and they're about experiences. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it seems like if there's a main focus of next gen is just the lack of concessions and trade-offs we had to make this generation. So it was always kind of like, do you want visual fidelity or do you want a higher frame rate? Uh, and a consistent frame rate. And I'm hoping with this next gen that that's not necessarily the case. We don't have to make those trade-offs. We can have a higher resolution. So, I mean, they're aiming for 4K. 4K native's a big ask. So, I, I, I'm expecting it's kind of be 4K and 1080p. 720 is absolutely out of the question. There's no way that, that yeah. they get away with that at this point. But 
I'm hoping for at least a higher resolution and a steady frame rate. And we don't have to have that either or that we had this generation where it's like you have games that run like a dream. But the resolution takes a hit at, at points and there's a lot of pop in and there's like low poly textures and stuff like that. Or you'll have the beautiful, gorgeous game like I'll order, uh, order 1886, but there's not too much there. Yeah. Exactly. Or you'll have a high resolution cutscene, but then the moment it gets in in game, it's running. It's like, oh, okay. So I'm I'm just hoping with this next generation that there's a lot less concessions, a lot less trade offs. And my big thing is they need to get this backwards compatibility thing figured out. And this is mostly a message to Sony. <laughs> you guys got to figure it out. Microsoft has been figured it out, and I understand the cell processing thing. Y'all got to figure that out. They got to figure out something. Gotta, yeah, yeah. You got to assume, you know, you got to assume with so much time put in. Yeah. I don't, again, a PS4, look at how many, you know, units are sold. They're like, you know, they might think, who needs it? People still ask for it. This is something we've been asking for. You know, it's funny because when you put a P, I don't know if you've ever done it. I've put a PS3 disc in my PS4. Of course. Come it, on. It tells <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, it so. tells you specifically it's a PS3 disc. Yeah. It doesn't say cannot read disc. Error. It tells you this system cannot play PlayStation 3 disc. Yep. Uh, which is wild because Sony, it's all your in-house stuff. I know the PS3, they made a lot of weird nonsense with it and it wasn't easy to port. You know, even like monster PCs that have, there's only really one PlayStation 3 emulator and yeah. it doesn't run well no. it runs pretty and PS bad. now ain't it and ps now you know is a fine solution but it's not the solution yeah. you have to realize that your competition xbox has not only backwards compatible with the 360 they oh, went even the original further to the original yeah. to the point and it's not just like a digital market like you can go put your xbox 360 game in there yep acts as a key unlocks it and pretty much you download the whole game but thing is my old catalog of 360 games i could just play yeah probably I mean at minimum I mean, we know that it's gotta be compatible with the PS4 games um <laughs> or else PS3 if PS3 is strange I and you know the PS2s they have the PS you know at least bring the PS2 classics and the PS1 classics to the market all those other rumors about PSP yeah Vita I, games I, don't know about I, all that. I would gladly love to be wrong I'll take it I'll but... take it at least get PS3s somehow on there without just defaulting to PS now it just it it frustrates me because they've built this ecosystem before. Go to the PS3 marketplace. How many PlayStation minis are on there? The PS1 games. Like, it, it's all there. And, and obviously the PS2 there. But then they brought PS2 games onto PS4. So they're so selective of what they're willing to do. And this is not just a Sony issue. Because Nintendo's done the same thing. I swear, some of these publishers have such a weird relationship with their back catalog. And I know yeah. there's certain issues with licensing. So it's like, I'm not asking them to bring the old WWE games where they have to deal with the licenses, same thing with the Tony Hawk games, but there's so many first-party games, there's no one stopping them but themselves from bringing it onto current consoles and just allowing that to play. And I'm not necessarily asking them to have the Xbox solution where you put a PS2 game into a PS5 and it's going to run it natively, Mm -hmm. but just some kind of online ecosystem that already exists. Bring those PS1 games over. It's a drag-and-drop thing. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Emulators do it every yeah, day. Like, what's the problem? I don't understand. It, it is a, a weird spot where they just don't... And I know it's not that they don't want to. It's just yeah. someone, someone's not doing what they need to do. And I know it's probably a whole lot... It's a lot harder than we're saying just put them there. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah, I understand. You get it. If you listen, you don't want to partner up with Sega and you can't play all the Sega games around PS3. There aren't many. At least they're first-party stuff, though. But at least they're first-party. I mean, I, I'm playing Twisted Metal, the latest Twisted Metal that yep. was a PS3 exclusive. I shouldn't have to hook up my PS3 yeah, it's crazy. to play it. You know, why can't I just play that on my PS4? Why can't I just play it? 
you know, I own it. I gave you guys the money for it. Why not? You know, why can't I play that on my PlayStation 4? There's no there's no reason. For, it's your title. It's and your game. If I had to guess, it's just specifically on Sony. It's it's definitely kind of like too many cooks in the kitchen type thing. You got Sony Japan, you got the the USA branch and then you got Europe and they're all kind of not clicking up to what the future of PlayStation looks like. And it seems like we get these statements where it's like nobody's interested in backwards compatibility, but then you look at the numbers of what Microsoft puts out and it's like people are playing it. Yeah. For sure. Is it astronomical? Are people running to go play, you know, every single 360 game out there? No, not necessarily. And I don't know if they bring backwards compatibility onto PlayStation if necessarily everybody's like, oh, got to play that smuggler's run. Like, <laughs> I don't think yeah. that's neg- necessarily uh, the case. But just have that option available. And so if, like, a new game comes out, uh, a new Mass Effect game comes out, and I want to play Mass Effect 1 again, on xbox it's as simple as getting that trilogy popping it in there not to mention the first one's already on game pass so you could just hop on that in a second but on playstation it's like okay andromeda comes out on ps4 and i would like to play the previous ones and i have a ps4 what is my options they're just about no figure it out sorry sorry you can't and i i just personally think that's unacceptable at at this point when they've Mm -hmm. shown an ability to do it and i understand ps3 is its own beast because of the way these games were developed but PS1 and PS2, what, what's the issue? They have PS2 games on PS4, yep. and it's just limited availability. Correct. So what's the big deal, you know? Yeah, it's, it's them just keeping their heads down too long. Because like you're saying, like if even if you go, like not even having to go buy games, like, like again, if you were on Xbox, if you bought Mass Effect, the trilogy, digitally on Xbox 360, yeah. and then, of course, Andromeda was coming out, and they made it backwards compatible, you didn't have to do anything except re-download it on your new console. You didn't have to dig up your old console. If, you know, Xbox, you know, 360s were funky with the Red Ring of Death and yeah. their, you know, stability and stuff like that. But because you chose to buy them digitally, they're there. And that's a big thing that's going to be able to tell people, like, especially when they're coming to launch, those games you're still in the middle of. You're still playing The Last of Us and all these other games mm-hmm. and Ghost of Tsushima and all these different things. Day in, day, hopefully you can bring your saves over. They, you know, it'd be a big selling point. Knowing Sony. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know. It'd be a great thing to be like, well, you can continue playing your games. Upload yeah. it to the PlayStation Plus Cloud, bring it on down to the new system, and go. Because you can kind of do that with Xbox now. Like, there's certain games where I've launched, like, the 360 version of it. And because of that weird X Cloud, they already existed. Like, my file was already there. I restarted it anyway, but yeah. it was there. Give us The thing is, it's options. When people are like, do I spend $500 on this console or on this console? This console, you can play four generations of games. This one... Select few titles. You gotta wait for a remaster. You gotta wait for a, you know, a pour. It's, it just doesn't work that way. And the thing is, day one, I'm getting a PS5. Well, like, yeah, l- sure. l- let's just keep it too. I- I'm gonna get a PS5, and I'm gonna be there, and I- I'll probably get a Series X too eventually. Well, we'll figure that out when <laughs> as we yeah. get closer to the next gen. But yeah, I'm getting a PS5, and the thing is, like, I feel like Sony's they're so close. They're so close to complete domination. They got so many things right, and it's just certain things that I feel like they're just oversight. And this is their chance to fix it. This thing is supposedly the powerhouse of all powerhouses. This massively, insanely strong console. I'm seeing crazy specs out there. And again, I'm not a PC nerd. Yeah. So I don't necessarily know exactly what everything means. And the teraflops and stuff like that is cute. But uh, this is their time, man. You you get backwards compatibility right. You got the, They already got the first um, party exclusives. They'll, they'll have backwards compatibility, hopefully. They'll have super powerful third-party games there, too. Uh, people like the controller for what they like. It'll have, be a great console, hopefully a competitive price point, and the generation's yours. Pretty much. Don't... You just, uh, yeah, they, just they ride your way to success. Yeah. 
Don't graduate. give up that ground. Don't exactly. let Microsoft dominate that side of it. Because and and hey, I, I'm I love all the platforms. I want to see them all succeed, obviously. Of course. And and Xbox has its own set of things to fig, figure out with the Series X. They need to get that first party uh, game things they, sorted out. But. I mean, for Xbox, like my expectations for Xbox is to con- they're going to continue what they're doing now. Yeah. Right? And they're making smart moves. They bought these first yeah. parties. Game Pass. Game Pass is great. You know, for them. You know, I just don't. I think they're not going to. St- Stumble. I put pressure on Sony because they're the big ones who are gonna mess it up. Yeah, Where they have X, so much to lose. Xbox, Xbox, as long as they don't do what Xbox One was, and you gotta remember these are brand new heads, and these are the people who've helped the Xbox. Phil Spencer, success, yeah. Phil Spencer, and all these people know not to do what the Xbox One. They know the focus games. Even now, they're focusing. They tell you it's a super strong system and it plays games. Obviously, it's gonna play Netflix and Hulu and YouTube. Oh, yeah. Just I don't need to know that because yeah. we have 17 devices at the same time on our bodies that will do it. Absolutely. Just focus on games. So that's my my thing for you know my expectation for Microsoft is to start cranking out good IPs. Yeah, like I get it. They bought all these new teams. You so bought these let's new see. teams, you know, and you know Halo Infinite, Halo Six Infinite, whatever they you know they're calling it, just Infinite. That'll be fine. You know, it'll sell. It'll be nice. Gears uh, Six is gonna be a thing. Yeah, at some point, yeah. But give us new IP. You 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 have this even if you go back to like their older games and start creating memorable IPs. Like when you hear Xbox, people think Halo Gears. All right, what else? You know, you have to stand by that. I'm curious to see what, what was it, the initiative? The initiative is... Yeah, is, they got something, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, they got Ninja Theory now, and so that tells me, what, Hellblade 2? Hellblade 2. I, I, I don't out. understand necessarily what the exclusivity is going to look like with that, because I don't know how far into development they got them. It could be an Outer world. Yeah, it situation. could be an Outer world situation where, like, everything going forward maybe will be Xbox exclusive, and Xbox exclusive means... So much now because of the PC integration. Yeah, especially like on Game Pass. Like Outer Worlds was on Game Pass, and I played it on my Xbox One. Then because of Game Pass, yeah, I played it on PC, PC yeah. Yeah. and it was just there. So what exclusive means? You know, exclusive nowadays just means it's not on PS4 uh, to an extent because Minecraft is on PS4. Minecraft will be on PlayStation Five. Yeah, they publish everywhere. Yeah. And the other Minecraft Dungeon Crawler games gonna be there. So you're gonna see an Xbox logo. Yeah, on a Sony console. On a Sony console, which yeah. is. It's, I mean, that's happened already now with, you know, the first time they crossed really was Minecraft on the Wii. You, yeah, back on then. On the yeah. Wii U, where it had that Microsoft splash screen. So it was interesting. And and they're working with Nintendo in some degree, too. So it, it, yeah. it seems like Microsoft has this, like, play-where-you-want approach, and we'll see if that pays off. And, I, I mean, I hope it, it pays off. Uh, I, I do worry about them sometimes yeah. if they're going to go full software because I, I feel like... As they their their value proposition for Game Pass and their very lax approach to the way the new ecosystem is going to be, it's like you can play on PC, you can play on our console, you can play on their console. Who cares? You can play on your phone. Mm-hmm. Well, they're already kind of struggling to move consoles compared to their uh, competition. I think the Switch just passed Xbox and it's been around so. for like three years or so. Like Microsoft that. also they don't like talk numbers. Yeah, so they don't talk they numbers. Keep it hush hush. You, you can, can only kind of do addition and subtraction exactly. through EA uh, financial statements. Yeah. Basically, that's how we get it. But uh, I do worry worry sometimes that they'll have a hard time selling why you should get an Xbox console this next time around. Uh, but, you know, I'll be there day one, and I'm curious to see what they do and see what kind of generational leaps they'll make. Yeah, I'll, you know, hopefully these guys start bouncing ideas off. Not, you know, specifically ideas off yeah. each other, but you watch the market. I hope, again, I hope Sony has been watching what Microsoft did with Game Pass 
and you know the make kind of now like, better yeah. make now better you know project x cloud is you know getting there to probably launch really full-fledged this year i'm sure yeah. um at least get it on ios because you can't get it on ios right oh now. yeah it's android it's exclusive. only it's android you can't get it on, on ios but it's this whole big situation yeah to okay do, to get a bunch of permission so just hopefully they learn that like xbox microsoft look at something and be like well these are big ips and some of them are new ips horizons road on was a brand new ip and it sold crazy well yeah, people love sure. it and again it hasn't been officially stated it's coming to pc and it's going to sell a whole bunch of more copies oh, on yeah. pc so just bounce ideas off each other there's no reason that sony still has to outsource in elite style control to oh, yeah. scuff and to all these people just make it yourself mm-hmm. microsoft has that i've had my hands on that control and it's so good because it gives you options you want the paddles put the paddles you don't don't yeah you i've always said just take ideas do it just <laughs> they've done it before just, just take you know and they take competition half, breeds excellence they keep taking half steps They're like all right here's an elite style controller yeah. but it's by astro or here's by scuff and i'm like and i've tested those out you know when i previously worked at gamestop i can i could tell you how many times that stuff came back yeah because they didn't work mm-hmm. they just don't work because they cut corners yeah so i i think if there's one thing we can agree on is that going into this next generation Pretty much all parties involved are in some of the best positions they could possibly be. Sony, they're dominating on top of the world. Right. So PS5 is going to do well, for sure. So they're in a phenomenal position right now. If anything, they're going to have trouble having people switch over because of how great the PS4 has exactly. been. If, if there's one issue to say. And uh, Xbox, I mean, I think they're in a great position too. Did their last console sell great? No, because I think they kind of dropped the ball on launch. But going now, they learned a lot of lessons. They have a great, I think, software system going on right now, especially with Game Pass, uh, Games with Gold, and the Game Pass Ultimate thing, bundling that all together. They have all these new teams that they bought that I'm imagining are going to start rolling things out. And if they can get the schedule right and start having exclusives pop up mm-hmm. every so often, a couple times a year, to really match what Sony's doing, I mean, I think they stand a chance. And will they outsell the PS5? Maybe not. But I think they can put themselves in a position where it's not looking like this complete domination that yeah. they had they sadly had to deal with this generation. So, I mean, I hope for the best of them and then Nintendo they're going to keep trucking along. They kind of they're their own undoing. So, if if Nintendo ends up in a bad position, it's going to be because of Nintendo. It's not because of anything Sony yeah, did. Of course. So, Nintendo makes or breaks themselves. So, I don't worry about Nintendo. I think they're in a great position. The Switch is selling amazingly. And yeah. I think it's going to continue selling into this next gen. Because even though they're going to make this massive jump, I think Nintendo has the creative thinking and powerhouse to figure out something new to make a good value proposition on their end. So Definitely, definitely. All right, guys. So, that's our first episode of the Neo Vintage Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. This is going to be a weekly podcast. So, we'll see you next week. All right, guys. Take care.